Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. It is the end of what we can arguably call a very weird year. And to celebrate, we are thinking about all the great stuff that came out in 2021. Last week, we talked about books. And today, it is all about the best TV of the year. With us this week, we have Linda Holmes and Aisha Harris, who host the NPR podcast Pop Culture Happy Hour. Linda, welcome back. Hi, Greta. Thanks for coming on, Aisha. It's also great to have you here. Thank you. Hello there. Okay, so before we dive into the picks, I'm curious if y'all have noticed anything like particularly interesting about the TV landscape from this year. What do you think, Aisha? Well, you know, I think that we've seen, as usual, and this has been a trend for a while, we've seen a lot of reboots and revisionings <laughs> of things. I mean, I think top of mind right now for me and a lot of us is is obviously and just like that mm-hmm, the Sex and the City, City. Uh-huh. uh reboot or I guess uh, continuation of the the show and the, the two movies um so we're seeing we've seen a lot of those but I also think it's been interesting to watch and I think we might get into a little a little bit with our picks but it's been interesting to see the way in which like TV has tried to tackle some sort of big button issues whether mm. It was um, race. I mean, a lot of it is race, class, COVID, like all of those things were swirling throughout a bunch of different shows, um, including shows like The White Lotus and and, um, The Underground Railroad, which was uh, the Barry Jenkins Amazon Prime series. So it's it's been interesting to see how we've been tackling with those things. And I think we're going to keep kind of figuring out, okay, what does a post-COVID TV landscape look like? Mm. And you know, it's uh, it's going to be uh, ever changing and ever uh, evolving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you think, Linda? Uh, I think Aisha's exactly right that, you know, y- you've seen everything from kind of super high end shows that really want to be um, satirical or piercing about things like race. But you've also seen um, just like kind of uh, what I would consider workaday television shows like Law and Order SVU, trying mm-hmm. to figure out not only a COVID response, but also grappling with how to not be what is referred to as copaganda mm-hmm. um, in light of the, the re-examination of kind of how we see police and policing. I think in terms of straight up trends, it's hard to miss. You are getting a lot of these group of affluent, mostly white people. right presented in a way that is satirical and sometimes I think very well executed, but still still a lot of white people. (laughs) It still centers them in a way that's very curious to me. Yeah. Um and it doesn't they're not necessarily all of the same quality. I think some are good and some are not so good, but there is really kind of this run of these things. I think it came out partly of the big little lies. Mm, um, mm-hmm. success and part. so, you know, I think that's the, 
that's the thing right now where I kind of feel like they keep making this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. They sure do. Um, Okay. So let's get to it. Aisha, I want to start with you. Um, This is a series that I actually just finished and enjoyed very much recently. Uh, Let's listen to a clip of Only Murders from the Building and then we'll talk about it. This is on Hulu. And in this scene, we have Charles Hayden Savage played by Steve Martin and Mabel Mora played by Selena Gomez. And they're investigating a murder that happened in their building and they're talking to a neighbor and potential suspect who just fainted. I have vasovagal syncope. I, I fainted at the sight of blood. Oh, well, that, that sucks. <laughs> Probably keeps you from doing a lot of things, like being present for bloody murders. <laughs> you know, there's a cat in your freezer. Yes, I know that. I think Tim poisoned Evelyn and then killed himself. I'm getting a toxicology report done. Makes sense. It's just that she's next to your food, touching it. (laughs) I thought the show was so charming. What stood out to you about it, Aisha? Well, I have to admit, I was kind of on the fence about this show for the first like three ish episodes. Mm. I, you know, I love the cast, Steve Martin and Martin Short, who plays one of the other, um, uh, other building dwellers as well. Like, I, anytime I can see them working together, I'm happy. I love it. Give give it all to me. And I was also curious to see how Selena Gomez would sort of fold into this. And I think by the fourth episode, I was totally drawn in because they had sort of found their group and found their banter. I love the dynamic between the two of them, Steve Martin and Martin Short and her character, mm-hmm. because it, it it could be very easy to play this as like, okay, you have this young young millennial woman and these two old guys and there's all these jokes about like them not knowing how to text or like texting weirdly Mm -hmm. and it could be done in a very cynical way but I think it's done in a very smart and fun and lighthearted way in which neither side is getting you know scorned like the millennials aren't being scorned for being who they are and neither are the elder generation and so I love seeing that and I also just think the way in which the show skewers true crime and our obsession with true crime Mm -hmm. and podcasting is just so (laughs) spot on and by the end of it I feel like it stuck the landing and I won't give anything away if you haven't watched it yet but like I think it really stuck the landing in the best way possible I was surprised I was satisfied at the end and I think it's just one of those shows that is worth giving a try and I think you will fall in love with it once you figure out you know, what the rules of the the humor is and and where they're going with the story. Yeah, I thought it was really fun, especially as a person who played the bassoon in high school. I was like, oh, (laughs) this show is for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Linda, you have a couple murdery picks. Uh, Mayor of Easttown is obviously like a huge tonal divergence from only murders in the building. Yes. This show is brutal. It's also excellent. Uh, Linda, why did you choose it? I chose the show. First of all, I love Kate Winslet. I think she's wonderful in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a murder mystery in part. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a cop and and this terrible thing happens in the town where she lives and she investigates. It's that basic structure. But you get to the end of a series like this and it's like, does this seem believable? And more than that, does it seem fair? Does this ending seem to respect what they've done along the way, as opposed to feeling like they threw something in at the end that you couldn't possibly have figured out? For the most part, I think it hangs together extremely well as a mystery. And it has these 
um, these terrific performances in it. Kate Winslet, but also uh, Julianne Nicholson, who is kind of one of those character actors that you've seen for years and years and years and years. And she is spectacular mm-hmm, in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is a show that really prioritizes the friendship between her character and and Mayor. Your family's worried about you. You're not talking anymore. You never talk about it. Yeah, my son killed himself, Laura. I'm sorry if I'm not the life of the fucking party. Well, first of all, you were never the life of the party. They have a long, long friendship. And despite the fact that, you know, Evan Peters is hanging around and Guy Pierce is hanging around, the most important relationship in Mare's life outside of, of perhaps her immediate family mm-hmm. um, is her best friend. And I think they respect that relationship. That relationship drives, um, you know, some of the, the elements of the story. Um, I just think it's an exceptionally good show. And it, it satisfied me at the end in a way I wasn't sure it was going to as mm-hmm. it was going along. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. It's interesting to think about like friendship stories from this year, because I think that is another one where we're we're seeing more and more shows that really do value a friendship in a way that that they didn't necessarily. And it makes me think of Insecure, which is another very different show, but is one that really places the relationship between Issa and Molly kind of front and center as opposed to, you know, like whatever dudes they might happen to be seeing at the time, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, Insecure has been doing that from the jump. Yes. that relationship between Molly and Issa is so like messy and just really hits deeply in a way that like, yes, the, the whole who Issa will wind up with is, is still, um, still the, the big question. Yeah. As the season wraps up, but to me, it's like Molly and Issa. Yeah. That's what I cared about. Yes, yeah, totally. So Aisha, you chose season three of Pose. It's on FX. I have not seen this. Can you tell us about it? It's actually kind of perfect because this is another show that's about friendship Mm. and also very much about family or creating family out of uh, friends that you need. And some of these are friends and frenemies, um, but it's about the ballroom dancing scene. And what I love about Pose is that you have all these different characters, trans characters, gay characters. Most of them are black and brown, and they are all trying to find their way, figure all this out against the backdrop of AIDS, against the backdrop of Madonna making Vogue popular and <laughs> co-opting it for right. a wider audience. And, you know, Billy Porter is one of the lead characters. He plays Pray Tell, who is the sort of MC of the balls each week. And he is one of several characters in the show who um, is, uh, is living with HIV. And it's just a really beautiful show that I think um, it's worth watching. It's very soapy. It's very, you know, there's, there, there are some things that might be a little bit over the top or might feel a little bit um, like too much, but Mm. I think like that is part of what I love about it is that it's too much, but it's also just the right amount. Hmm. That's such a beautiful way of putting that. So the clip we have actually is of Praytel going home to tell his family that he's dying of AIDS. Let's take a listen. I came to share something with you. Well, it can't be worse than the last time you got us for a meal. You mean that time I bared my soul to the women I love and bravely told them I was gay? Oh, Lord, here we go again. If I have to hear about your sexuality one more time, I do not talk about my sex life. That's because you ain't got no sex life to talk about. I'm not here to talk about my sexuality. I'm here to talk about my health. 
Is it the sugars? No, I don't have diabetes. <clears throat> well, what is it, a sickle cell, asthma? No, I don't know any other way to say this, so... I have AIDS. I'm dying. God, even just in that clip, what a phenomenal performance. Yeah, this this show, I think, really did a great job of balancing joy and grief. And so you balance that joy and that optimism with the grief of knowing that so many people that you were encountering might die, will die, um, and that the government is not doing anything about it. It, mm. it really layers in all of these different facets. And, and the musical numbers, the fashion, the politics, like to me, it was just a really great piece of work. And I hope that all of these performers, and especially performers like India Moore and Angel Bismarck Curiel, like, and Dominique Jackson, all of these queer and trans uh, performers, I really hope they get to find even more meteor roles after this, because that, I guess that's my one fear is that Pose could be sort of this like mm. one, one time thing. Yeah. And I hope that it leads to bigger and better things for all of them. Gosh. So we're on season three now. Has it been renewed for a fourth season? No, that was actually the final oh, season. That was this it. was, wow. this okay. was the end. And I think it ended in like as, as best as they, they could. Like um, wow. it was, okay. it was a really powerful ending. So yes, three seasons and definitely worth checking out. Awesome. That really does sound great. All right, let's take a break. And then we will be back with another pick from Linda. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Um, So, Linda, you have another murdery choice. This kind of speaks to the, like, group of white people, especially in a very nice setting. Um, I don't know, though. Like, to me, White Lotus didn't end up being quite as like mystery e as much as it was class no. satire e right. is that how you describe it too yes when they first when you first like the first up, 5 minutes yeah you're like yes. oh the body the first 5 minutes of this series they basically show you the end of the story mm-hmm. um you see a guy in the airport and you see a coffin being loaded onto a plane and so it's clear that someone has died mm-hmm. and then they flash back to this group of people arriving on the island. So in a way, the hook, we might say, of the gimmick <laughs> is, you know, who is in that coffin? And you're sort of watching the show and each week you might have a different opinion about who's going to be in the coffin. But that's right. not really that's not really what the show is about. The show is really about, you know, it's set at this resort called the White Lotus, um, which is in Hawaii. And the overwhelming majority of the guests that you're following are white. Um, and they are being um, served by a staff that includes a lot of people of color, including a lot of Native Hawaiians. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I felt like the point of this show is to take extremely well-off white people who were not as openly monstrous as the people on a show like Succession, (laughs) give them the opportunity to be tender at times toward each other, all of these guests, to have a heart, to have a sense of humor, to have their own problems and worries and all that stuff, and then see how the way they interact with the world around them Mm. is still incredibly toxic and destructive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, My personal favorite performance in this piece was uh, Natasha Rothwell, who a lot of people know from Insecure. Yes, Uh, She is a um, spa, she's kind of a spa worker who kind of does body work on Mm -hmm. women. And so she makes her living making these women feel wonderful and relaxed and having these sometimes very personal conversations with them as she's like, you know, rubbing their heads and all this business. And she's very good at it. And she kind of gets to know this woman played by Jennifer Coolidge, um, who, you know, Jennifer Coolidge is kind of this broad comic actor in a right. lot of things. But in this, she has a little more gravity. She's a very sad and upset person. And there are times when it appears like a genuine bond between them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Natasha Rothwell has a way of always showing how Belinda, this therapist, understands that this relationship is not quite the same as this woman, Tanya, wants to make it out like it is. We actually have a clip that speaks to that. Here's an awkward dinner that those two have in a pretty early episode of the season. I do think that there's a purpose in helping even rich people, you know, helping them to find healing, making them feel more present, more aware. Because rich people, they're the ones that, you know, fucking up the whole world. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of rich, white, fucked up people. They could really use you. I found that relationship fascinating and I found the Rothwell performance so delicate and so um, intelligent and careful that it was one of the most heartbreaking things I saw on TV all all year. Her kind of, her knowing enough not to believe anything this very nice, seemingly very nice lady was saying to her. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought the show, you know, as I said, on the one hand, it fits into this, they keep on making this show, But I think taken within its limitations uh, of what it is and what it isn't, because um, other than Belinda, it doesn't really spend a lot of time with all of those employees of color. Mm -mm. Um, But taken within those limitations, I did think it was very, very moving and and very effective. And I think uh, I think a lot of people who have gone and enjoyed the hospitality of hotels or resorts or whatever mm-hmm. will will potentially find moments of um feeling a little indicted by it um which i think is appropriate yeah which is probably not a bad thing right nope. um so aisha your last pick is season two of the other two which i haven't quite finished this is on hbo this is really this is one of those shows that like you think is just going to be maybe wacky but actually has quite a bit of heart for it is that partly what stood out to you about it yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, if, if in case people aren't familiar with it, the other two is a show about a brother and a sister played by um, Helen York and Drew Tarver. They're playing Brooke and Carrie. 
And they are, you know, they're millennials. They are determined to find their way in the entertainment industry. Uh, Carrie wants to be an actor. Brooke is trying to be a, well, she's trying to figure out things. <laughs> at some point she decides like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and be like a business, like a business manager, an agent. And so their younger brother, who's a sort of <laughs> Justin Bieber type, um, suddenly gets famous off of this viral video. And he, and it's interesting to watch these two older siblings sort of be jealous of their younger brother getting the fame that they wanted, while also very much trying to capitalize on it. Right. And on top of that, you have Molly Shannon playing Pat Dubeck, who is their mother. Uh-huh. And in season two, she has her own talk show. It's, it's just so wacky. It's Ken so funny. Ken Marino is so good in it, too. And, yeah, Ken Marino plays um, a sort of manager of, <laughs> of Chase, as well as Pat's boyfriend. <laughs> and Wanda Sykes shows up in there as well. Yeah, so we actually we have a clip of with Wanda Sykes in it. And uh, so she is uh, an executive at Chase Dreams. And she has some news about... Carrie's younger brother, Chase. Let's take a listen. Streeter and your mom had to take Chase to a specialist. What? Oh, my God. What happened? You, you know, you may want to sit for this. Chase has a... Uh, a pimple. <laughs> a pimple? I mean, look, if you need the barf, go ahead. I did. But we're going to get through this as, as a team. You know, we just may have to transition him to sexy sooner than we thought. It's just so ridiculous. (laughs) It's super ridiculous, but it has like a lot of very interesting things to say about millennials and also social media and just the structure of fame. And this season especially had a really fun episode where Chase joins a religious like a celebrity church that again (laughs) very similar to very similar to Justin Bieber and like Kanye and that sort of thing and what I like about the Chase character is that he doesn't do much but he's also like he doesn't really have any flaws discernible flaws he's actually the sweetest yeah he's a really good guy he's a good guy and while his older siblings are like super you know they are not great people although this (laughs) season they were definitely evolving and so yeah, I, I love the other two. You can find it on HBO Max and it's been renewed for a third season. So people will be able to check out the first two seasons before it comes back, whenever that is. Yeah, it's a really fun one. So Linda, your last pick is also on HBO Max. It's called Starstruck. What do you like about it? Starstruck is a little, uh, I say little just because it felt modest to me and somewhat yeah. qu- quiet. Uh-huh. Um, I love a romantic comedy. This is a romantic comedy limited series. Um, it finds this couple at several points along this strange courtship. Um, the creator of this show is a, a comedian named Rose Matafeo. Mm-hmm. And she plays this woman named Jessie, who is, um, you know, kind of the millennial uh, figuring out her life kind of thing. Um, but she meets somewhat randomly this um, actor, this hot actor named Tom Kapoor, <laughs> uh, played by Nikesh Patel. He's a and babe. She, she meets him in a club and they sort of hit it off. And she, he really likes her. She is, um, you know, the way she would say it, I think, is that she's not skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, she has no she's also tall which I love yeah I love a tall I love a tall girl in a romance a person who takes up space you know absolutely absolutely correct and she 
finds it for all these different reasons, very hard to believe that he actually likes her, but he really does. And you believe he that also, he does, I, you know, like watching oh, it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And he doesn't think it's weird that he likes her, but she does. And so they go through this kind of complicated thing where, you know, he also is, of course, traveling and doing all this different stuff for work because he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> they have to deal with sort of what do you do if somebody is around who wants to take his picture? What do you do about fans? Yeah. And in the meantime, they're trying to navigate this, you know, potentially relationship. They keep sort of getting together and then not seeing each other for a while. And the show kind of finds them, as I said, along the different steps of this relationship. And a lot of time times there is a significant break in between it's only six episodes. It ends with a Christmas episode. So this is kind oh, of yeah. the perfect moment um, to, you know, give it a, a watch. Um, it's very seasonal right now. Um, I think it is so cool and so fun. And I cannot tell you how much I would love it if there were more romantic comedy series. There's this one, there's Love Life. There are a few mm-hmm. other uh, ones, but I would absolutely love to see more romantic comedy series. Let's listen to a clip to get a flavor of it. Here is Jesse, who's played by Rose, um, telling her best friend that she slept with like this super famous actor. He is a famous actor <laughs> and you're a little rat nobody. Oh, that's so harsh, but it's true. <laughs> but you know what? What's done is done. Like he can't take it back. <laughs> I am forever a stain on his sexual history. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny warm, like really just lovable show. I was so delighted by this. Yeah. And it's a really good point that like now would be the perfect time to watch it, which is great. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. This has been very fun. Aisha, Linda, thank you both so much for coming on. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. Aisha Harris and Linda Holmes host NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. We would love to know what some of your favorite TV shows from 2021 are. You can join by going to facebook.com slash groups slash HQ. That's it for this week. Tune in next Friday for the best podcasts of the year with two of our favorite podcast nerds, Sarah Larson and Nick Kwa. The show is produced by me and Anna Bauman. Our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak. Have a great weekend. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.